Yes, people, it's episode 199 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. How you doing? Are you well? Um, it is uh, Sunday. Let's say it's Sunday. It might even be Monday. Who knows? But <laughs> we're doing the pod. We're here for the pod, episode 199. So episode 200 next. Do anything special for it? No, nothing. Um, there's nothing to, to do. It's just another podcast. So that's what we'll be doing. And um, what's been going on this week? I mean, we've got supermarkets basically doing commercial blackface. I guess I don't know what what is it? What what's happening? Oh, you got the you got the racists going mad because they can't relate to a black person pouring gravy, spending time with their family. It's it's just it's so different for us. What's going on? Um, the racists really upset about that. But I know we've got that to talk about. We've got the Fresh Prince reunion. Um, what else? Got the Green Room podcast. We did our first visual podcast. Um, so we've got visuals, so we're waiting for that file to come across and we'll see how that comes out. But yeah, that should be good. But um, before we get into all the supermarket stuff, what's been happening with me? What's been going on in my life? Not much. Tottenham top of the league, that's always great. First time since 2014, Tottenham have ended the day top of the league so all the times people try to get on Spurs back you know bottling the league when Leicester won it uh no we topped the league for something stupid like 14 minutes <laughs> that whole season yeah in people's minds they've remembered it as Tottenham being shits that year it's like no we weren't no we weren't um so yeah but yeah Tottenham top of the league that's right will we win the league um probably not but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying enjoying football for this moment. We'll see how it goes. Then, um, yeah, so that's, that's something that's really happened in my life personally. Um, Eaton trashed this week. Eaten so badly. So badly this week. Um, it's weird. It's like the previous lockdown. Much longer. Coped with that much better. Way better. You know, I wasn't gigging. Um, still ate well, exercised regularly in the sense of like going for daily walks and things like that. But you know, this weather, the, the drop in temperature and the drop in sunlight just demotivates me. It's demotivated me completely. I haven't even wanted to leave the house. We went for a walk yesterday, me and my wife, and it was cold as hell. We was there for an hour. I think we walked for an hour and um, it was mainly me bitching. <laughs> she was fine. But it was mainly me bitching, just like, oh my god, it's so cold. Why is it so cold? Uh, uh, she said, do you want to go home? We can go home if you want, if it's too much for you. And because she worded it like that, like if it's too cold for you, you little bitch. I was like, okay, no, I don't want to go home. Like, I'm strong. <laughs> I'm strong. I don't need to go home. So, uh, so we stayed out much, much against my better judgment because I was just freezing. But yeah. But yeah, this lockdown, even though it's it's way shorter, um, maybe it's because I don't have a belief that it's actually going to end on the 2nd of December. Maybe that's why, in my head, I can't cope with it. Maybe I fell for the trick in the previous lockdown where it kept on getting extended every three weeks to a month. So I was like, oh, it's only three weeks. It's only three weeks. It's only three weeks. And I just kind of fell for it. Whereas I think this one, maybe I know deep down it's not going to end on the 2nd. So my brain just like, I can't cope. 
haven't been exercising, ate really badly this week. Like we flipping hit all the takeaways this week, I think. I think, um, wait, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, four. Four different takeaways this week. Unbelievable. We, look, we both looked at each other and was just like this. We can't continue doing this. We haven't got fat now. Um, we haven't had a heart attack now, but we will. We will. Just so went shopping yesterday, filled up the fridge with real food and veg and stuff. And we just, this week we're on it. Okay. Getting back into the routine. We eat well. That's what we do as a couple. And what else has been going on in my life? House. Yeah, I remember. Let's look for a house and stuff. So, found one. So, we see how that goes. Um, got completely, completely changed our focus on what, what kind of house we wanted. <laughs> so, we've done that. We um, originally wanted a house. Well, first, we wanted a house that we could afford that was in a decent area. Found that. Then, hog. COVID hit that. Shut that down. Then obviously we'd saved more money, so we went for a bigger house. Um, but it needed some work done. But the amount of work needed, it was just like, we can't justify this. So that one fell through. And then we want this house, where it's a new build that neither of us said we really wanted a new build. I mean, I wanted one slightly more than she did, because I'm lazy. I wanted to do as little work as possible. <laughs> it's either I'm building it... I'm Fixing up a house to exactly how I want it to give me a complete blank canvas. Or just give me something decent I can live in for a few years. So that's the plan. Uh, yeah, so we found somewhere. Should be cool. We'll see how it goes. I doubt anything nuts is going to come up on the survey. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. Maybe maybe keys in our hands before Christmas. Who knows? Who knows in this wacky world? Um, but yeah, let's get into it, man. Let's start podding. Let's really start talking about the, sh- the stuff that's going on this week. Like uh, the supermarkets, the battles of the supermarkets. First, it was Sainsbury's at the start of the week. Sainsbury's um, had black people in their advert. <gasps> and then um, and then the racist, you know, prematurely ejaculated their racism. They couldn't just wait to see if there's another advert coming out. And, you know, they released a second of white people in it, but it was too late. They prematurely ejaculated their racism and came all over the internet. And they basically just um, exposed how much this country has an issue with racism. <laughs> just when you thought, ah, no, this country's not as bad as America. It's, no, it is. It, it really is. It's, it's terrible. It's just we don't have guns here. That's all. But, um, and you know, racism's older in this country, so it's a bit more refined, a bit smarter. But it's it's still not great, yeah? It's, it's really not great, I'm telling you. Because um, for people to get that upset over black people being in the advert, I'm not represented, it's like, all right, chill out. Now, are black people overrepresented on TV? Yeah, maybe. Um, I guess we're 3-4% of the population. I'll be 3-4% of people on TV. I don't actually know. I don't think anyone's ever done the research. Um, but let's pick something that we are overrepresenting. Definitely know we are. Sports. Football, specifically. Overrepresented in football. Um, are these people complaining when their team's winning on a Saturday and Sunday? Nah, not really. 
So, I mean, I said, as my wife said, if they want a shit England team or a shit... <laughs> I mean, the England team's not particularly... Actually, no, I think the England team probably be slightly... If you're doing percentages, probably slightly overrepresented black people. But definitely the under, like, 21s, under 19s, under 18s, it's just black boys. Black and mixed race boys, all in that team. Um, I was, yeah, I wonder. Maybe those same guys do complain. Just going, right, oh, it's this bloody England team. What's this bloody Nigerian team? What's going on? You know, I don't know, like, what's, you know, what their reaction is to that. But they, the people boycotting Sainsbury's, allegedly. Um, so that, so the racists were upset at Sainsbury's. And then um, it was the black people's turn to be upset at Tesco when we found out that apparently a scene of a black couple was cut out of the advert. Um, and I'm not sure if this was an official statement from Tesco, but apparently it was fear of a backlash of what happened at the Sainsbury's thing. So now black people are like, you got to boycott Tesco. And I was like, no, because Tesco is my nearest supermarket and I don't care enough. <laughs> I didn't have a boycott H&M. Hey, if that woman wants to put her son in a jumper that says coolest monkey, um, that's up to her. Uh, that's not for me as as a black person to boycott the whole of H&M. Why am I going to sacrifice getting cheap T-shirts because one black woman wants to put a black child in a jumper that says monkey on it? That's That's nothing to do with me. Uh, same with this Tesco thing. Um, yeah, they, they cut this black couple out. Um, the unambiguously black, dark-skinned black woman, unambiguously black. I get that. And I hope people don't think now because I shop at Tesco, I hate dark-skinned black women. That's not the issue. Um, what my thing is, is uh, there were actually other black people in the advert. I think there were... Um, and the previous Tesco advert had a dark-skinned black woman as the lead in the advert. Granted, that did receive a lot of racist comments. <laughs> that, that advert did, but um, but yeah, cutting this couple out while there's still black people in the advert to me would probably imply that there wasn't racist or racial motivations behind them being cut. You know what I mean? Maybe it just didn't fit into the advert anymore. What if they? What if this scene was actually really shit? Now, imagine this, their scene is really shit, and it's one of those scenes now that has black people up in arms going, well, that ain't how black people act. That ain't how black people are. <laughs> and then we're told to boycott Tesco anyway. So it's one of those ones. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. But let's make one thing for sure, though, is um, black rage is definitely um, commodifiable. It's something you can use to sell your product 100%. If you can do something that pisses off racists and pisses off black people at the same time and get your brand trending, ooh, beautiful. Beautiful. That's what I would do. If I was releasing like a t shirt brand, right? I would just have something like real British and just have a black person in the advert. <laughs> just make everyone go fucking nuts. <laughs> Real British, how comes they black? I'm not represented. Have those guys going nuts. Then have black people go, you black person, where the Union Jack, bloody coon. <laughs> and we're all losing their shit. And then have my brand trending. And then what you do is 
then you actually click on the website and you have a whole different mix of people. You have actually have a white person in the t-shirt and a black person in the t-shirt and a mixed race person in the t-shirt and an Asian person in the t-shirt. You're like, oh, actually, all these different people um, are represented. So it was just that one, that one clip that went out that got us all raged. And then people forget about it the next day and they'll be outraged by something else on, on Twitter. But that's it. That's how it works, man. That's uh, that's how it works. And yeah, I won't be boycotting Tesco. Um, won't be um, boycotting Sainsbury's. So I just don't shop at Sainsbury's because it's not the nearest supermarket to me. But if it was, guess what? I'd probably shop there. I'm not really that picky, you know. Um, <laughs> is that how most of us shop? We shop the nearest supermarket. Not really a political decision maybe maybe we should be more political who knows who knows maybe that's the issue with us no we don't we don't talk with our wallets maybe there's something we could do maybe there's something to consider but um but you've got to pick your battles right i think i don't know i'm rambling let me know let me know what you think um what else is going on in the news in the world in uh i mean got the vaccine and stuff that's uh, that's kind of gone under my radar again. It peaked, peaked, and then just disappeared. Um, no, not really. Been having this random thought all week, right? Check this out. It's a bit of an odd one. It's about chickens. When, <laughs> when did chickens, when did chicken become the animal for cowardice? Like, I'm just trying to work this out. Like, when did chicken become, you know, the, the sign, the epitome of cowardice? You know, like, oh, you chicken. Hey, do this. No, I'm, not, I'm scared. Why? Are you a chicken? Like, when did that become a thing? Because I'm thinking, what? Is it because chickens get scared and startled easily? That's like every single bird. Like, every bird is like that. You know, obviously, barring like a flipping ostrich or an emu. But I'm talking, you know, birds are generally quite easy to startle. Like, if you used to stamp next to a pigeon, it would fly away. If you stamp next to a chicken, it would run away. It's only a few birds that aren't. Um, so is that why we call someone a chicken? Because they're easy to frighten? Um, yeah. Dogs are easy to frighten. Cats are easy. To, lots of animals are easy. Humans are easy to frighten. So why did chicken become the epitome of that? And there's nothing. Granted, chicken is easy to frighten. So, all right. So I guess it is fair to call someone a chicken because chickens are easy to frighten. But how many of these other animals are named? also used for fighting yeah cockfighting nice illegal cockfight in the car park somewhere an abandoned warehouse yeah put 20 on that chicken how about that maybe it's called chicken fighting we give chicken more respect but yeah i mean you got that the chicken i mean a cockerel or a rooster they're like they're quite big quite majestic flipping they shout Make loads of noise in the morning to wake you up. Is it because is it because like a rooster is like the sign of France and Brits think you know French people are cowards, so they just tie that all in. And you got a chicken on your chest. <laughs> is that is that what it is? Is it like a bit of xenophobia, a bit of old European rivalry? Not sure. Like where where did when did this chicken thing come from, man? Um. That's just time why chickens get so much disrespect. Like, why does... I mean, they're, they're in jokes as well. 
I'll still try and work out why chicken became a sign of cowardice. That's always just a random thought that's been in my head, really, about, uh, about chickens. If you can't tell, um, I don't have much to talk about on this pod, all right? <laughs> I'm musing about chickens. Um, you can tell I probably ran out of things to say. Um, just look at it. If there's anything on BBC News, let's see. Oxford University vaccine shows 70% protection. Okay, not great. Gyms in all shops to reopen after English lockdown. Okay, there you go. Um, I didn't realise shops were shut, but I haven't been shopping. Uh, Trump ally urges him to accept defeat in the US votes. Um, There's nothing really going on. Shamima Begum, justice for the jihadi bride. Okay, let's click on this then. That because always found her story interesting. Let's go. I see nine hours ago. That's a video. Right, Shamima Begum ran away um, to Syria at the age of fifteen years old to join the self-proclaimed Islamic State. But when the terror group was defeated, she ended up in a refugee camp in Syria. Now she wants to return to the UK, but her British citizenship has been revoked by the government who says she poses a threat to national security. The Supreme Court is deciding exactly how her case should be handled and its decision could have huge implications on how cases like Shamima's are dealt with in the future. Home affairs correspondent Dominic Caschiani explains. Well, we're not going to click on that. Um, But here's my thing. My thing about this is... um, She's, she was 15. She was a minor when she went. So, I mean, is it that hard to understand that she was probably groomed? And, um, you know, maybe a bit manipulated as an impressionable young teenager? Or is 15 not that young because she's brown and Muslim? I don't know. Now, is she a potential um, threat to national security? Yes, I'd say so. If you've just come from a bloody ISIS camp. But, um, <laughs> but you know, um, does that mean that you're no longer British? No, it probably means that you need to come over here and face some kind of justice, um, which is suitable for your age, I guess. That's why no, that's, that's I see it. Um, I mean, from her interviews, I don't think she's going to be a tactical mastermind in plotting anything. And she doesn't seem all there. She seems like the type of girl who would go to Syria to join ISIS. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, not not a major threat. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you need to get her back over here, right? Surely. Uh, that's just me. That's just me. Um, apparently Matt Hancock said life back to normal after Easter. I actually believe that, to be fair. That's weird. Out of everything I don't believe about the government and what they've said about this coronavirus, I just think Easter is the checkpoint. That is when it's a new tax year. I think that's when they go, do what? The 2021 tax year was a flipping write-off. That was an absolute shit show. Um, (laughs) but from then on, we're good. We, We don't give a shit. If you die, you die. And I think that's how the government's going to go. They're going to go wicked and bad. And they just won't give a shit anymore. They're like, here's the vaccine. You can take it if you want. If not, you're going to die. If you come to a hospital and you find the record, you haven't taken the vaccine, guess what? You're waiting six weeks to come into the hospital. And I think that's, I think that's how the government's going to go. And, you know, they'll just flood our news feeds with something different. And we'll forget coronavirus existed. And we'll be out 
in beer gardens in June and July. And we'll be like, last year was so mental as we're getting hammered in that one day of sun, which is the hottest day that Britain's experienced since records. Yep. That's what that's what will happen. I'm telling you that now. Um, that's my prediction. So that's episode 199 is where I've made that that uh, prediction there. We'll see if it comes true. There's no way of proving it because you lot would have forgotten by then. And I would have forgotten. Even if I'm right, I won't remember to bring this up So I told you so. I make a lot of opinions and a lot of points. Probably contradict myself in the next episode. <laughs> Who knows? Um, right. I think there is nothing else I want to click on um oh something jumped in my head oh what's her name Prissy Patel she's been done for bullying and stuff um do what I didn't follow that story at all why do I even say her name um yeah Boris Johnson will demote Priti Patel, Home Secretary, predicted to be... Oh, okay. Yeah, so in the reshuffle, she will be booted out. She's 48. Oh, fair enough. I didn't realise she's 48 in the face. Um, anyway, enough about her. Let's get on to some Dear Deirdre. Because um, that's where the fun is. Right? Cool, let's get on that. Dear Deirdre, Dear Deirdre. <laughs> dear dear my wife cheated and now i've got her younger sister pregnant after revenge sex mad um, i had sex with my wife's younger sister in revenge for my wife cheating but i didn't plan for the for the girl to get pregnant you said girl oh god um she's determined to keep the baby and there's going to be hell to pay when the family find out mm, i think so i'm 35 and my wife and I had a big wedding 18 months ago. You're not even that deep into the marriage. Can't be, she can't be cheating on you and you cheating on her and you're getting people pregnant. You're 18 months in. Give it like five years. <laughs> I don't know. No, like seriously though. That's, at that stage, you, you're meant to still believe you can work it out, surely. I don't know. She's 33. We've been together since our teens. Okay, right, fair enough. You, you're married, but you've been together for long enough. All right, cool. Then, yeah, this this is the time for you to, to fall apart. Um, she's 33. We've been together since our teens, but it wasn't my bride who took my breath away on our big day. It was her younger sister. Oh, my God. On your wedding day? I'm, listen, mate, I'm a bloke. I'm a red-blooded male. But I can tell you this. On my wedding day... I actually can't remember what anyone else wore. Actually, the bridesmaids, because I saw the dresses, so I've just imagined what they looked like. I know who was the bridesmaids. If you ask me what their hair was like, I don't know. I literally don't know. I don't know what my mum looked like <laughs> on the day. Only person I knew what they looked like was my wife. Groomsmen, because they're wearing the same suit as me, almost. So, <laughs> uh, that's it. Ask me what everyone else wrote. I don't know. So for you to be flipping, ogling your bloody wife's sister, you, you sir, are an absolute carrier bag of, of feces. Anyway, um, I'm only twenty. Um, she's only twenty-two. So I've known her since she was a little girl. That's why you called her a girl. 
Yeah, because, oh, God. So, yeah, if your wife's 33, she's 22, that's an 11-year gap. You've been each other since your teens. So, let's say 19 at the at the oldest. Uh, 11 years younger than that is eight. Now, I get it. People grow up because someone's attractive when they're 25 and you knew them when they were eight. Or, twice, in this case, 22 and you knew when they are eight. Doesn't mean you fancy them as an eight-year-old. That's always a weird thing people say. You know, like the girl from my wife and kids, Katie. Absolutely stunning looking woman now, yeah. And then people try to make you feel bad for saying that she's a good looking woman. Oh, it's weird because she was a kid in the show. Uh. It's like, yeah, yeah, we were all kids and then we grew up. I'm not saying that I'm trying to get with her. That's the line. You can say she's attractive, but um, then it's got to be part of you that goes, I'm not getting with her because I've known you since you were eight and I was an adult when you were eight. That would be me anyway. Like, I, I remember growing up with, like, girls in my hometown who, now, when I think about it, they're only, like, three years younger than me, yeah? So, now I'm 32, they're, they're 29, they're going to be 30 next year. And it's only now I've really crossed, like, oh, shit, you're not actually that much younger than me, you're, you're a woman. But, in my head, they've just been locked in my head as so-and-so's little sister. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's so-and-so's daughter who's... Just a little girl, even though we were both at school at the same time. <laughs> so I mean, so I don't. For, for me, I've just got a, like, a mental block like that. Whereas maybe some people just don't. If I haven't grown up with you, then fair. I don't. I don't see you as. I don't care about that in, in that way. But if I've grown up with you and I've known you, and then especially if you're my partner's little sister, it's got to be a part of you that sees her as your little sister, isn't it? If you've been for for that long. For that long, God, like, it's got to me. It would be the point of if you split up, you'd still be heartbroken. You can't see the family, and you're interested in the little sister. You're protective over her, but you're like, no, I want to smash. You're a weirdo. Anyway, she's only 22, so I've known her since she was a little girl. But that day, I suddenly realised she'd grown into a beautiful woman. She was chief's bridesmaid and looked totally amazing. We flirted lots that day. Oh dear. But I kept reminding myself that she was now my sister-in-law. She isn't just now your sister-in-law. She's always been. Uh, anyway, getting married seemed to sour my relationship with my wife. We bickered and lockdown didn't help. We were both working from home and, and being together 24-7 just seemed to make us irritate one another more. Trust me that you didn't sign up for that when you got married. That you'd uh, be spending 24-7 with your partner. Um, me and my wife have discussed this. We are so shocked at how well we've been during lockdown. Because <laughs> we enjoy each other's company. But like I said we enjoy our own company. And we rub each other up the wrong way. Um, a lot of the time. But then we also really enjoy hanging out with each other as well. So the lockdown is like, oh, how's it going to go? But we were both just... We're both just honest, so I was like, I'm going out, you're annoying me. I'm going to sit in the bedroom, I'm going to, oh cool, I'm going to sit in the living room. And then to some days, we literally will be like, I ain't seen you. I'm going to just sit in the, I'm going to just sit in the bedroom with you. You watch whatever you're watching your TV, I just want to be near you. And but it's because we've had that space within the flat. But I'm saying, if you haven't managed that and you haven't talked it out, and you're just there pissing each other off, oh boy. Like, when she had to start working from home for two weeks, yeah? Because she had a bloody breakout at a 
coronavirus break out of school. So yes, people, kids can get coronavirus and have symptoms. Um, yeah, see those two weeks, because I've built up my routine of working from home, where it's like, yeah, I eat my breakfast and then I just get working. And then when it gets to just before then lunchtime, I'll have my lunch, then I'll do the washing up. See, so the sink's full of um, dishes and whatever, but guess what? They're clean by the time she comes home and sees the place. Yeah? But now imagine she's there now. So now she's walking past the kitchen, like, ugh, there's so much stuff in the sink. Ugh, there's so much stuff in the sink. Oh my God, is he just leaving this for me to do? Or I'm going to do it now. And then she's doing it and she's cleaning up angrily because I've left it for her. And I'm like, hey, babe, what are you doing? Leave the washing up. And she's like, no, it's just sat there. I'm like, yeah, because that's what I do. (laughs) You know what I mean? You just start breaking up each other's rhythm. And stuff. You just annoy the shit out of each other. Um, she's one of these people who needs to talk out her problems. So she gets an email at work from work. She starts talking about it. And I'm like, you need to shut up right now because I'm concentrating on something. You know what I mean? We're all like that, surely. And then he's like, oh, I can switch on now. I can, yeah, what are you saying? Okay, cool. But now she's not ready to talk because she's, now she's concentrating. She's on the call. See? It's all that kind of shit. But that's not a reason to bang your sister's your, your, your wife's sister. Anyway. Um assume work from home, being together 24-7, just seemed to make us ir- irritate one another more. I picked up her phone one day to check something online. There was a message about how hot she'd been the night before. S- sent by a guy she works with. Okay. She told me she'd been out jogging with her girlfriend when she came back looking hot and sweaty. Ah. I was furious. Oh, then I remembered how much I fancied her sister. She works in an optician, so I booked an eye test. Wow. What kind of porno setup is this? Booked an eye test. So what does their first line say? It's like Z V N B and she and the second line P U S S Y and then just pull the big machine out of the way and just look at the sister like hmm ah <laughs> 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 uh, dear anyway I got the point at the end of the day and it was easy to suggest we go for a drink afterwards pubs are open then we had a great couple of hours and agreed to meet again and that time we had sex wow She's really fallen for me. Yeah, of course she has. And I was feeling great until she announced she's pregnant. Though she said she was on the pill. Yeah, this way you've got to take responsibility for your own uh, ejaculate, mate. You know, because um, once the semen leaves your body, it's no longer yours, mate. So you need to make sure that from when it leaves your body, you know where it goes. And if it goes inside of a woman then you kind of got to manage that process. You know what I mean? Um, Even if it goes to a condom, you don't just give it to her to throw the condom away. You make sure that condom leaves the premises. (laughs) Because that's your responsibility, but it's no longer yours. You see what I mean? So, um, yeah, jeez. 
Uh, she says she went. She wants to have the baby, but her parents will go crazy, and I reckon my wife will divorce me. I worry I'm now going to end up in a tiny flat with a baby and next to no income. Yeah, probably what's going to happen, man. That's what I mean. Even if like loyalty and emotions aren't the reason for you to stay faithful, just financially, you know, just stability-wise, you've got to stay faithful, right? Like. Any man who's listening to this, if you're married, just just look at your house. Look at your fridge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, look at that and be like, yeah, I mean, do I really want to be in a one-bedroom flat that, like, my kid can't even stay over in now because she's taken everything? And kind of, like, rightfully so. Just like, ah. Uh, you know what I mean? And she's and your kid spends five days a week with her, and she's just drilling into your kid's head what an arsehole their dad is. In oh, actually, maybe she's not. Maybe she's not even doing that. She's not even drilling it in. The kids just working it out as they get older. Go, dad used to live here. Now he doesn't. I don't even want to. And I don't even want to go and check for dad now because I don't like his flat. <laughs> I don't even like him. I don't even like the guy. You don't want that in your life, Jesus. No. Um, Alright. Next one. Tired of waiting. I've been with my partner for 12 years, but he still won't ask me to marry him because he doesn't want to get married. I've been with my partner for 12 years, but he won't ask me to marry him. We've, we've both been wed before. Okay. My husband died 15 years ago in a tragic accident. When he was the passenger in his friend's car. My partner's wife left him for another man. I'm 48 and he is 56. I've always wanted us to marry. I'm old fashioned like that. Um, I have two lots of friends now getting married after around five years together. My partner just says that the more I go on about it, the longer I'll have to wait. He says that he'll ask in his own time and he wants it to be a special surprise when he proposes. Am I being unresponsible? Am I being unreasonable? People keep asking me when we're going to get married, which I find embarrassing. Do you know what? I used to have a view about this, that if he ain't going to ask you, then, you know, you just leave or whatever. And then I got into a relationship. And with the intention of getting married. And then it's like, okay. Then in your head, it's like, right, I'll, I'll propose when I want. Now you've got it locked in your head that you actually do want to get married. It's like, I'll propose when I want. Um, and it does get jarring if people keep on bringing it up because it's just like those moments where you think, oh, this would be a nice side to propose. It doesn't happen because now your partner's anticipate you you might propose at this time. See what I mean? This is what happened with my, with my wife. The day I went to look for a ring, she somehow worked out I've gone to do something special that day. Where you been today? I was just out in town. Was you looking for anything special? And I was like, Jesus Christ. That's why I had to be such an arsehole for the week before I proposed. I had to actually make her think I was going to break up with her. So completely throw off the scent. And then I made out that the meal we was going to was an apology meal for being an arsehole for the whole week. And she she was kind of like, she didn't even want to go. <laughs> she kind of didn't want, she didn't even want to go to the meal. She was like, no, I'm not really in the mood. And I was like, oh, please, please, come on. I want to make up to you, please. She's like, fine. <laughs> and then I had to tell her mum about it. Just so 
when she obviously calls her mum saying Dara's being an arsehole, her mum could be like, oh, you know. <laughs> and then when it came to be apologising, and she's like, I don't want to go for this meal. You know, she could call her mum, and, and yeah, mum could be like, oh, you know, maybe she'll just go for a meal. You know, so, yeah. But it makes it harder to propose when they're just there. The day I actually wanted to propose, she bloody booked a hair appointment. I was like, oh, okay, we'll go, we'll do it another day then. Yeah. The day I wanted to propose, she booked a bloody hair appointment. Joker. But, um, but yeah, but then it's been 12 years, maybe. If he said, has he actually said he wants to get married? If he said he wants to get married, then just leave it. Every other girlfriend I told before, I didn't want to get married. I just told them. I don't want to get married. Marriage is for girls. I told them that straight. <laughs> um, right. Next one. Next one. Next one. Next one. Um, next one. Ah, oh dear. Here we go. Dear Deirdre, I caught my wife. Having sex with another guy on my secret surveillance camera. Well, it depends what you've got this surveillance camera for. If you've got it to catch your wife having sex, then well done, mate. You win. You've caught her. Well done. Now look. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those ones that you've had it there for ages and ages and ages. Because what tends to happen in these scenarios is... Um, well, I've seen it from both sides. What tends to happen is a one of the people in the relationship... Find someone attractive. Haven't done anything. And they're kind of flirting with the idea. No, they don't mean refer to ideas. Find the person attractive. Then their partner gets suspicious. Then their partner's suspicion makes them actually act in a weird way. That ends up starts decaying at the relationship. And then this person is now repelled by their own partner. And kind of more attracted to this other person now. And then the idea is put into their head. By usually their partner. That, oh, you're seeing someone else. They're like, no, I'm not. There's no one else to see. And then the next person they see is that person at work. And like, oh, God, yeah, wait, jeez. What if? Hmm, hmm. Right? And then now they end up with that person. And if, and then, you know, the partner's just chasing and chasing and chasing, trying to find out, trying to find out, trying to find out, trying to find out. And the relationship's just shit, gets shitter, gets shitter. And then it just falls apart. And the person that ends up with this person they've cheated with Think this is a great relationship to be in. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It was just something for you to hide behind and not address the issues in your actual relationship. So that is my prediction for this, is that he suspected she was cheating. She probably hadn't done anything. And he'd been being a nutty weirdo for like three to six months. And then she finally just slept with someone else. Or she may have just been banging someone else all the time. Who knows? Maybe it's just a camera that was actually there for legitimate reasons. Let's just read the actual scenario, Darren, and then we'll find out what it is. Okay. Dear Deirdre, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw footage on one of our surveillance cameras of my wife having sex with another guy in our bed. I'm 31 and she's 29. We've been together for six years. We have a two-year-old daughter. Um, I rigged up cameras after several burglaries in our area. There you go. I didn't tell my wife because I thought it might freak her out. That's, that's, there you go. There's a weird bit. There's your first weird bit. Now you're caught. Because now you can't say... Well, you guess you can. Because she's in the ultimate role. 
but you're a weirdo for setting up cameras in your house and not telling your wife about them. Maybe she knew about them. She did this on purpose just to show you. Anyway, I just had... I just said I had um, installed motion sensors connected to our house alarm, which would only be on after we had gone to bed. There was nothing to see the first few days, but on the fourth day, when our daughter was at my mother-in-law's, this guy around my age showed up on the doorstep. My wife lets him in, and they have a passionate kiss. They are clearly very familiar with one another. They have a chat in the kitchen. Then the camera on the landing picks them up as they go upstairs. There is not a camera in the bedroom, but the landing one picks up a reflection from the mirror in our bedroom and you see them arriving in our bed. My stomach, it turns my stomach. Ah, man. I wanted to hate you, but I can't, man. This is, this is heartbreaking. <laughs> I would not have suspected the thing. I had not seen the footage. Our relationship seems good. Um, she had been less frequent lately. But hadn't stopped entirely. Our oh, sex had been less frequently, but I hadn't stopped entirely. I just assumed it was the pressure of work and looking after a young child that had made my wife less keen on sex. To make matters worse, she told she has told me she's pregnant, and now I'm worried whether it is mine or not. Jesus, I wonder how many times this happens, man. Just I don't know what's worse if you have like one kid with someone and the kid's not yours, or you have like three kids with someone and one of them isn't yours. You know what I mean? That's a big family destruction. Like, at least if you're going to be cheating as a woman to make sure the person you get pregnant by is your husband. Well, if all three aren't your... Oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, one's bad enough, but if it's one out of three, I think it almost makes it worse. God, Lee. Um, since I learned of her cheating, I haven't had sex. Well, so I've been trying to hide my discovery from her. I don't have the heart or a plan to confront her. Since I learned of her cheating, I haven't had sex with her. She senses something's different and has asked me what's wrong. I said I need time to process my feelings. I just have no idea how to handle this. I don't want to break up our family, but how can I live with this? Um, here's the thing, bro. If you are going to stay with her, you've got to have to be. You got to be able to know if you can forgive her and move on. Um. You know, you've got to, so don't say you forgive her and then you're just there, just having these mad intrusive thoughts about her getting smashed by this other dude in your bed. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's if you're going to be strong enough to be able to actually forgive. If you are, then um, yeah, tell her and then get, get started on mending this. Tell her, find out if this kid's yours. Cause that's what that's that's another level of like trying to be a bigger man. That's just way beyond me. I mean, like, could I forgive my wife for cheating? Uh not sure. But if she got pregnant with someone else's kid, it is dead ass. It's over then, isn't it? It's over. <laughs> it's I'm not I'm not um not mostly strong enough to cope with that one not me not for me um but yeah all right one more because um you see where this last one just caught my attention i thought this looks weird fast feud my pal and i fell out after i treated him to mcdonald's what should i do like are you what are you 16 how's this happened from time to time i treat my friends to a burger at mcdonald's to say thank you for giving me a lift to work. One evening recently, he asked for a double order. 
costing much more. You lot have got to be like 16. I don't get this. I didn't think so much of it and paid the bill. He then told me that the other half was for his wife. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I wouldn't have minded so much if he... But he passes me on the way to work. So he isn't even going out of his way to pick me up. I'm 26 and he's 28. I'm not happy about this. And as a result, I'm no longer talking to him. How should I handle this? Wait, so big man, you're now going to take a... Do you pay him for the lift? Because I'm telling you, I bet, I bet you that the cost of McDonald's is cheaper than a bus or a train to work or the time it takes you to get there. It's one McDonald's, mate. Um, he bought... Yeah, he has taken a piss by... Um, <laughs> by, by asking to buy his wife. Do you know what? It feels so petty. It feels... I love the pettiness of this one. This is so petty. Because um, the guy is actually morally wrong. But it's just... It's just like... It's just about Donald's. Uh, it's true. Prince... Do you know what? I thought you were being a little bitch. But the principle of it... He's, he's, he's actually taking the piss out of you there a bit, isn't he? <laughs> Oh, what would I do? What would I do? Do what I I would start like bringing the exact cash for whatever meal I wanted, and and the cash that could afford him a meal, and be like, yeah, sorry, but I've only got money for mine and yours. Sorry. And then, yeah, maybe that. But then, it, what if it's one of those McDonald's that doesn't accept cash now, just card? Then what am I going to do? Pretend I've only got £7 on my card? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll just forget my wallet. But, oh, maybe I've got £7 on this card. Sorry, mate. And then he's going to be like, this fucking prick, I've given him a lift all this time. You can't even buy me an extra Big Mac. What an arse I ain't for picking him up anymore. Like, are you now like not you're not talking to him anymore, so that means he's not picking you up. I I don't man. You've got a Yeah, you just gotta to things up, I've I get out of these situations because I banter in the moment. So when he asked for the extra thing, I would have bought it, but I would have also said but she ain't giving me a lift. <laughs> I mean I would have said something like that. And then it would have made him kind of go, oh, what? Then that might put his back up and he can talk to me about it. But then if he's stoked, I'm not giving you a lift because you won't buy my wife a Big Mac. I don't know what you do. I'm going to have to put this onto the internet. I'm going to have to see how people react to that. Because this is funny. Because at first I was like, this guy's petty. But it's, it's principles. And that's when you find out the principles. When the numbers aren't that big. When the numbers are small. That's when you find out someone's principles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I pay you a million for something and then I have to pay you two million, these are big numbers. It's very easy for people to understand what the issue is. But when it's just £3.50 and an extra... Ooh. Now it's about principles. It's not about the money. This is principles. That's interesting. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to have to post this on the internet, man. But anyway, that's the end of the pod. Episode 199. So episode 200 next weekend. Will Tottenham still be top of the league? Who knows? But, um, yeah, I'm out. Peace.